Welcome to episode 104 of Shanlin on Batman. I'm Kyle Davis, and joining me is also Justin Shanlin. Mr. Tom Harper could not join us today, but in his place we have our honorary fourth member, Mark Hughes, to talk about the current state of the DCU after Justice League. Welcome back to the show, Mark. With Marvel dropping the Avengers Infinity War trailer yesterday, and it already has 230 million views, I'm going to say this that Marvel earned it. The last 10 years have been, as much as I hate to say, like I, I enjoy some of the movies, some of the movies, that, like the first couple of Thor movies I haven't been the biggest fans of, but they've earned it. They've earned this fan base. They've earned the 230 million uh, YouTube views. They've earned their place to get to, from Iron Man to Avengers Infinity War. Why didn't... Warner Brothers decide to kind of take that same leap because here we are. Justice League only did ninety-four million dollars at the world. A Justice League movie with Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Cyborg, and Aquaman. They could not even get over that hundred million dollar hump in twenty seventeen. Yeah. Why didn't I understand? They probably wanted to play catch up. Um, this is not a Kynes commercial, by the way. They, they wanted to play some catch-up. Um, but uh, why, why, why are we at this place where the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is alive and kicking well, and anything, anything that Marvel touches turns to gold, whereas DC, it's kind of like, as much as I enjoyed Justice League, it wasn't the film we deserved. So, first of all, yeah, that freaking infinity war trailer <laughs> oh my yeah. god uh yeah that's pretty pretty spectacular um 230 million views that's just boggles the mind i mean there's no other way to say it uh but that's what you get when when you spend the time you know that uh something that people forget is that first phase of marvel's movies they really did kind of get their footing and feel their way through like you know uh, Iron Man pretty much nailed it spot on. And I love those early Marvel movies leading up to Avengers, but let's be, you know, realistic about it. Uh, I, the Incredible Hulk movie pretty much flopped. Mm-hmm. Um, Iron Man 2 was a huge financial success, but had a lot of mixed reactions and a lot of complaints about how they incorporated some of the world building stuff. Uh, I, st- I love that movie and defend it, but. Nevertheless, there were a lot of complaints about it. Captain America, the first Avenger, it did three, well, how much? 370 million, something like that. I mean, it was, you know, it was enough to be successful, but it wasn't a runaway blockbuster, even at that, by that time's kind of standards. Uh, Thor performed pretty well, you know, uh, but still it got a B plus cinema score. It's the only Marvel movie that's gotten below an A minus. It got a B plus cinema score, which is the same as Justice League and the same as Suicide Squad. So Marvel really felt their way through kind of, you know, the 
And you'll notice now a lot of the filmmakers that come in with ideas have a lot more creative freedom to work on these films. And the different what Marvel kind of figured out, I think, is in that first phase, they didn't have everything planned out in mass detail going forward. They were figuring out which characters hit, which ones didn't, and kind of get in making those decisions kind of as they were getting their feet under them moving forward they had taken the time to build those develop the characters they established them in the same world but without major crossovers each character got their moment and got the ability to shine and develop themselves and their own kind of you know the world that they exist within and the context that their character exists within and then from there a plan was increasingly established about okay here's what we got to do we're going to have an overarching plan here's how these fit together they had a firm plan but then contrary to you know the a lot of the the more simple kind of things that people think about it marvel does find increasingly so uh filmmakers who have a very unique particular vision for which what how to develop the characters which what to do with the characters which stories marvel you know have they have the idea of like we want this and we want this but they don't and the mandates they have are kind of like the mandates for the bond franchise where they might say you know you've got to have this set of things or whatever but then they still leave a lot of leeway for an artist to come in and put their own stamp on it the clearest example of that lately i mean the last two years or so it's been more than ever in the MCU. We have seen that kind of creative freedom, and it's a great commentary on the fact that you can build these shared worlds within an existing firm plan of action that the studio says, this is what we need for it to succeed and to meet the vision of a, an overarching kind of producer and an executive decision, but then provide plenty of room for people to approach those stories and that development with their own particular artistic vision. Marvel's done that and it's they figured out what worked and what didn't for audiences and what audiences preferred and have leaned into, you know, the the balance between what audiences like for each character versus what serves the character best as a story. That's harder to do if you come out the gate and try to put these characters and make them coexist immediately in the same world. I love Batman versus Superman, but I made no secret of the fact all along that I personally thought there should be a, a sequel to Man of Steel and that Batman should have get his own movie, Wonder Woman should get her movie, and that we should at least have the Trinity established in solo movies before trying to cross them over. Mm -hmm. So I think that's once you've crossed them over it's difficult to to hit the brakes and back up and then do what you should have done and now wonder woman actually did work even though they had to kind of it was in a way a backtrack almost but it it still it worked because it was the right approach and they applied precisely that right combination of get your footing under you look at the character figure out what works for them then bring in a director who has a vision that aligns and can really so that your plan and the director's plan complement each other, enhance one another's strengths and support each other where there's a weakness. That's the ideal. And I think the DCU, unfortunately, uh, the, the biggest problem they have is 
we've got all these other shared universes out. We have the the MCU. We've got the X Men is a shared universe. Mm-hmm. Hell, the, even the the Spider Man, the solo Spider Man movies at Sony before he came to the MCU, they all took time to establish their characters and their characters' world and world build toward something. Um, that that brings up a great question because well, it brings up some uh, great discussion. Not question. Um, why why is it that it seems? that the dc they they bring in these directors well hold up I'll, i'm gonna i'm gonna stop right there um i tweeted out earlier that jeff johns needs to be unleashed into the dceu like the the world engine was in man of steel why <laughs> hasn't that like here we have wonder woman that seems like a lot it seems like a work of both patty jenkins and jeff johns and that worked, and it was great. Everyone loved it, critics, fans, and it was a huge smash hit. Why hasn't Jeff Johns been given the same leeway, or why hasn't Warner Brothers said, you know what, let's take this DCEU film and do kind of what Marvel did and separate it. This is going to be... It's so here, Warner Brothers. We have like here's our classic films, here's our action films, here's our you know our horror film genre. Let's just make this this DC universe like an actual DC films and ha- put Jeff at the top, and then just let him go do his thing. Let him go take find his directors. Go let him find the writers, the stories that they want to do, like like sure yeah Disney has with Kevin Feige. Why hasn't that been something that Warner Brothers says, look, it worked over here. Like, it, and it's kind of working over at Fox because you have Simon Kingberg, even though I'm really afraid of, like, that next X-Men movie coming out. But uh, uh, that's a whole different topic for another day. But it's it seems to, as, as long as you have a visionary at the top who says, that, here's the, where the ship is going, why aren't we there yet with them? Because it just seems like they're just trying to lay the tracks for the train that is already coming up the track, and they just haven't had the time to, you know, bulldoze everything and lay them tracks down and get all the, you know, the train station ready. It's just like, boom, 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 let's just try to get it out and make some money. It doesn't make sense to me. Well, it's, it, it's a few things, I think. First of all, it's important to remember that Warner Brothers n- didn't go into this by setting it up uh, structurally at the studio the same way Marvel did. Marvel Studios was its own studio. It's not Disney. It's it's an entity that's owned by Disney. It's part of the same company. But Marvel Studios is a separate, like, living, breathing studio that develops its own projects. It makes its own movies, has its own budgets, everything. And DC Films and DC Entertainment, or, you know, and then DC Films later... Uh, that's not what they are, and they weren't set up that way. Warner Brothers isn't that same studio Disney is. You know, uh, Disney is consider that Disney and their theme parks, Disney and their merchandising, Disney and their television stage, the the TV networks that they have. They are a, a media conglomerate that's across all of these different platforms. In, in a different way than any other studio is. And they have a marketing machine and a merchandising machine that nobody can touch. 
And no matter how good anybody else is, they can't touch what Disney has. So Marvel, when it was bought by Disney, came into immediately had access while being a separate studio. A structure was in place and an overarching kind of machine was there for them to to integrate into and become part of and take full advantage of. And DC didn't quite have the same thing. And I think Warner didn't have the same plan in mind uh, for the films. And it's part of it is corporate, you know, the corporate culture at Warner is a little more conservative. And I don't mean politically necessarily politically conservative. What I mean is they are, they're more slow moving. They're a little more restrained. I think that, and and there are there are valid counterpoints that they could point to and where they've taken risks and things. So I don't mean to imply they're risk averse, but generally speaking, Warner Brothers is a studio that makes a lot of different kinds of movies. They invest a lot of different ways. They have a lot of different investment partners, and they tend to be, I think, a little bit more conservative in how willing they are to just say, you know what. Why don't you just be a studio? We'll let you here. Here's your building. Set up your studio, and we're going to put five hundred million dollars in the bank, and you develop and do what you think, and you tell us what you think. You know, you need to do with Batman and Superman and a huge stable of these characters <laughs> and what they are. Remember, you know, people forget Marvel. Disney didn't buy Marvel before the MCU launched. Marvel may Marvel took out bank loans to make these movies and rolled the dice and gambled, and they took out the money and made Iron Man and the Hulk with a plan that if it worked, they would continue and build a shared big shared universe. Then Disney stepped in and was like, "Oh, that seems to have worked really well." And then, <laughs> so keep in mind that the that the situation was very different. Marvel Studios was a company on their own when that all started and they did that. It wasn't part of Disney when they when the MCU was launched. They weren't even distributing their own films entirely, remember? The mm -hmm. Hulk, the Incredible Hulk was released by Universal. Yep. You know, uh, the Paramount, which one did Paramount release? Was it Thor? Uh, I uh, it was I, Iron Man. Maybe I, I Anyway, but you get the point. So right. it was Marvel existed as a studio. They were bought by Disney, but they were already hitting on all. They were firing on all cylinders. They'd taken this huge gamble and like, bam, it worked. They knew what they were doing. And Disney as a studio recognized we don't need to step in there and just say, we'll take it from here. They brought it in. They helped it get in a little better shape and integrated it into the mass media machine that Disney is and then said, keep doing what you're doing. And it worked. That's DC wasn't already a thing making movies and then came and was bought it. Warner already owned them and had for a long time. And Warner has been making DC movies since 1978. They've been, you know, so very different situation. So uh, I think it's hard to compare and to ask why didn't, why didn't DC, why didn't Warner do the same thing for DC that, happened with the MCU because they couldn't. That was impossible because it was a completely different situation from the start. And the culture in both situations didn't. Now it will be easier in the aftermath of things because remember too, before everything went wrong, everything had gone right. Warner Brothers had made 
successful Superman franchise. They made the Batman franchise, and there were some stumbles and mistakes, but when they made it, they were the only ones making mistakes because they were the only ones who could make freaking superhero movies. Mm -hmm. That was it. It was just Warner Brothers. For a long time in theaters, that was basically all you had until the two thousand, until the late nineties, and with Blade and and The Crow, and then you know things changed. But uh, Warner didn't really have; there was no sign that they couldn't do this right. And there's frankly no reason they couldn't have at the get go. And I think things could have even been corrected differently if they had made different. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. They could have made some better choices in retrospect. Uh, and a lot of us felt that some of this stuff like, well, why don't you delay? If you're going to change everything, don't make a choice to both tell – don't tell uh, – don't decide, okay, Justice League, everything – the plans all have to change now because we're worried. But also we expect you to still start on time. We just want you to change everything you're planning to do. Well, that's a – you know – that's kind of screws people over when you put them in that position and they're going to do what they have to do and they're going to do the best they can. And, and I still think justice league was a good movie, but in retrospect, yeah, Warner brothers, uh, to get to what you said, Jeff Johns is amazing. I have my own idea of what, uh, so, you know, what I think DC Warner, what I think would be the best options for the DCEU going forward. But I also don't want to be, there's a lot of people out there and a lot of voices and a lot of ideas being thrown around. So I don't want to just kind of become another voice lost in that shuffle. I'm waiting and watching for a little bit longer because there's some stuff I'm not sure about yet. You know, we'll talk, I know you want to talk about Aquaman and some other stuff. So I'll mention it more when we get to those particular topics. But it's there's some there are a few calls that are I'm not 100 percent sure what the best right option is for those right now. So I want to wait a little longer, think about it before I run out and say, here's what I think they should do. And then a month from now, have to retract that and be like, oh, no, I was full of shit. Actually, here's what I think they should do today. <laughs> right. But I do have ideas and I do have what I think would be a good idea. And I'll be when I'm ready and I feel sure about it. And I think it's it's the right time. And I've listened enough to what's going on and watched the numbers and everything. Then I'll be more comfortable saying it. Absolutely. Looking forward to hearing more of that uh, when you're ready. But um, for now, anyways, uh, I guess the only thing we really have to look forward to is the incoming Aquaman movie. Um Kind of, kind of interesting to see how that's going to play out because now there's a whole lot more uncertainty when it comes to the universe and what's actually going to happen after that. Because, I mean, we had a plan. You know, we're we're gonna we're gonna get Shazam, the Batman. Now we're just kind of waiting to see how like the early, like may not necessarily the previous, but just like how uh, the first impressions of Aquaman go to see where we proceed from there. Um, so like as we as we approach that, I mean, we still got a more than a year to go until that like what what did we do in the meantime like what like um uh, since, since there's gonna be such a big gap between now and when we finally get the next movie like what kind of uh things should we be keeping an eye out for what we should be uh trying to anticipate maybe they should be what they may be doing um you mean specifically with aquaman or yeah. in like do you think there's yeah. going to be any changes aquaman i mean they've already wrapped filming but what what are they going to do I, with that project? I would guess uh, this is my guess is at this point, uh, James Wan has made his film 
and the best thing to do is to release that film. That's that's always that's the only right call to make, in my opinion, yeah. <laughs> at <laughs> this point on that. Uh, don't don't create another situation where possibly you're going to have to explain why you know the. I'll put it like this. Um, Justice League, there's going to be a lot of debate back and forth for a while about, you know, and most of it uninformed because none of us have seen, you know, I certainly haven't seen uh, all of the footage that was removed or the changes that were all made to Justice League uh, until we all see, and we never will, frankly, so I may as well just mention that. By the way, there is not a completed Snyder cut of the movie, and mm -hmm. Uh, the idea of Warner Brothers bringing him back in and asking him to take tens of millions more dollars and then finish <laughs> his version of the movie is not reasonable. It would be, I mean, would it be awesome if it could happen? Yeah, sure, it'd be awesome. Why doesn't somebody go set up a GoFundMe and raise the, you know, the the thirty to fifty million freaking dollars it would take for that, and then offer it to Warner in exchange for? Doing that, you know, I mean, sure, it'd be great if we could see alternately what if, but that's not going to happen. Uh, and I think it's a testament to the fact that with Batman versus Superman, we know now that the version that was released in theaters was a result of studio, you know, fingers in the pie. And, and let's be clear, you know, I do... Uh, we're going to be saying that a lot. We're going to be talking about this a lot while we talk about the whole issue. So I think it's a, it's it's fair to note that if you're in charge of a studio and it's these major properties and the idea is you make use all use this collection of dozens of characters and uh you know almost a century of of character stories in in comics and develop a whole shared universe of multiple billion-dollar franchises, spend other people's hundreds of millions of dollars of money doing it, that's a lot of stress. And if you're in charge of a studio expected to hurry up and deliver quickly and get to where, you know, everybody wants Avengers money now. And it's, well, you can't just ha you can't just want it now. Sometimes you have to wait and do the, you know, get to where you can get it. But people don't want to hear that, you know. People with a bunch of money and a business say, make it happen. So I understand if you're at that level and you're looking at a movie and you think, you know, this is three hours long. I'm not convinced everybody loves Superman right now. So if that's your perception of things and you look at it and you have to make a choice, I understand that there are valid arguments for why somebody might feel the pressure to meddle as an executive. And it takes a certain level of ego and self-assuredness to move in those halls and make those kind of choices day after day involving everybody else's money. You're protecting their investment. You're protecting brands that have existed for almost 100 years, et cetera, et cetera. And you're protecting your own ass because you want to keep your job. <laughs> So, yeah, maybe somebody's going to, okay, you know, so, but that said, it was a stupid choice, obviously, in retrospect. <laughs> right. So coming in and, and doing that with Batman versus Superman, and then also Suicide Squad was kind of, you know, I like the movie, but the director's cut is better and is a much more coherent structure. So after that, and looking at Wonder Woman and saying, oh, well, here we kept our hands to ourselves and we shut our mouths and the, the artist we hired to do it 
delivered. Okay, well, you know, I don't. James Wan has made a movie or two, I've heard, and <laughs> made a little bit of money, so maybe don't mess with his. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think that they're gonna make a mistake of putting their hands on it. I think it'll come out. Uh, I think the bigger question with Aquaman is while deciding how to what to do. Do you release that? Do you wait? Release that movie and say we'll decide whether to make a sequel once we see how it performs. That makes sense, right? That sounds reasonable. However, Aquaman doesn't come out for many months. It comes out next summer, next year. It comes out, okay? That's a long freaking time. And in the meantime, they need to be making choices and decisions about the, you know, what to do with the future of all of these characters. If you commit to possibly keeping, if you say we may make sequels to Aquaman, then you're saying we are going to keep this current DCEU alive in at least some iterations going forward. We know Wonder Woman sequel is coming. That's going to happen. Maybe two sequels, probably two sequels for Wonder Woman. Uh, but a lot of the other stuff, it's you know, there is a valid argument to be made, uh, which I don't want to go into too much detail on right now, but there's a valid argument to be made that it's time to cut bait, that these brands... We're talking about billions of dollars over the next decade in merchandising alone. The longer, at the point you know that you're doing something that is problematic for a brand, there's a certain amount of time you have to try to take to adjust and see if you can save what you're working on and not just instantly throw it out. But there's also something to be said for saying, okay, we could be harming this brand and decreasing its value as an IP, which that's business, and harming it artistically going forward the longer we keep going this way. At some point, do you say, this is not working, we need to finish what we're doing, wrap it up, make, it, make one more Wonder Woman movie, release Aquaman, Wonder Woman will be ready for the year after that, and then start fresh. I'm not advocating that. I'm saying there are people who are advocating that who are not unreasonable for advocating it. So if you commit at the point you say we're going to wait, and I'm sorry for going on about this, but th this is all a long way of me kind of getting my thoughts together to make the point that if you commit to saying you're not going, you you might make more Aquaman sequels, you are, a for you are basically committing to not making a decision about whether to keep the DCEU alive or finish it up. Uh, you're you're punting that decision at least until after next summer. And that's not something I'm convinced they can afford to do. So they may have to say, they may have to make decisions even if they're not going to publicly say it yet. Uh, it, the more of these movies, Wonder Woman's a different animal. You, can, you know Wonder Woman's a hit. You have to make at least one more Wonder Woman movie. You can't not do that. Uh, because you can do that and release it in the meantime, still be also developing new plans and changing your DCEU plans. Aquaman comes out next year. If you wait and it's possible you'll make another Aquaman sequel, that's three to four years more of this DCEU alive in at least one or another incarnation. What, what both Kyle and Mark said reminded me of what the great Heath Ledger said in The Dark Knight. You had plans, and look where that got you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, funny you mentioned that because, well, <laughs> never mind. I'll save that for some <laughs> other time. 
<laughs> the teens. Um, yes. Well, no, just, I mean, realistically, it's it's all hindsight 2020, but in retrospect, I love, I'm a huge fan of, and I'm not, and I don't apologize for, I am an, I am happy that I'm a fan of Batman versus Superman. Uh, I enjoyed Suicide Squad. Wonder Woman is amazing and fantastic. We wouldn't have the Wonder... If nothing else, we wouldn't have Wonder Woman right now if not for the DCEU, if not for Man of Steel being followed up by Batman v Superman. That said, objectively, putting aside other... You know, all things being equal, there is objectively an argument that if you had a time machine and you work at Warner Brothers as an executive, you might go back in time and smack yourself and say, tell Christopher Nolan that however much money you have to put in the Brinks truck, you back up to his house to make it happen. You need to keep his Batman alive and bring his Batman from the Dark Knight series into the world of Man of Steel and cross them over and then do a solo Wonder Woman movie, or actually just make a sequel to The Dark Knight Rises that reestablishes Bruce Wayne back in Gotham as Batman, lets you know uh, John Blake become Nightwing, and lets at least lets it happen. Let us know he's still around and in the same world as Superman. Then do a sequel to Man of Steel, release Wonder Woman, then team them up in a Trinity movie, and then do. A Justice League movie or a Flash and Cyborg or whatever. Now, in retrospect, in hindsight, imagine for a moment a DC universe, a shared DCU, where the origin films are Batman Begins, Man of Steel, and Wonder Woman. Would that have been a foundation to have built a DCEU on? You're going to be very hard-pressed to convince me otherwise without strapping me to a chair and beating me with a bat. <laughs> well, it, you, That would have turned out pretty freaking cool. Well, you bring up some interesting points because, you know, there, there are those rumors. And, you know, what you previously said about Aquaman is how, how do they go forward? It's, it, it, there's so many unanswered questions. We probably won't hear anything about it till first quarter 2018, but... They could, they could, there's many multiple ways that they could go about it. You know, Flashpoint was something that was discussed, you know, bringing Bob Zemeckis in, that could reach, but, okay, so with, with the Marvel, Marvel and DC comparatively are different brands, right? So what works best for these Marvel, like the Marvel characters is they work better as a team. They work better interconnected, you know, you see Spider-Man and Iron Man like in the comics all the time. They were made that way. And there's an argument that should be made right now with these films going forward is stick to what we know. Stick to how we were, you know, made way back in the 1930s, Action Comics number one, and then Batman and, Det and Detective Comics, where our, like, those characters work best separate. And then they work, they work great when they're together, but they were, they were made to work kind of like respectively in their own worlds, like Superman's in Metropolis, Batman's in Gotham City, The Flash is in Central City, uh, Wonder Woman in Themyscira, Aquaman in Atlantis. You don't see a lot of comics, you know, obviously the Justice League and, you know, JLU, JLA, so far and so forth. You know, you don't see a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of comics 
you know, that are our favorites where you see Superman and Batman pound around the Batcave. Like, the, they weren't made that way originally. So the argument should be made going forward with Wonder Woman and Aquaman 2 is the way that these movies should be done going forward is do what we know to do best. Let's do Batman. Let's have a couple of Batman movies, you know, in, in Gotham City, and he will eventually show up in, you know, a Justice League film or something. Uh, do, like, Nightwing. Obviously, Chris McKay is still working on that. Could you know the Harley Quinn? You know whatever that's going to be. Gotham City Sirens or uh, fuck, what's that Paul Dini one? Where Mad Love? Like that, <laughs> that's that. That's, that's the title I always use as a stand-in for it is Mad Love. So I think that's where they need to go forward. Like I'm, there's a lot of people who's like you know they could really reset this movie with the, the, reset the things with Flashpoint, bring Bob Zemeckis in. He knows how to work with time travel. Just take the you know Flashpoint paradox. Just just write that script. Exa- blah blah blah. But th- there needs to be that argument going forward. Is like look these these characters worked great together, but they work even better alone because that's how they were made originally. And as much as I'm probably going to get shit on for it, but this hasn't been working. If it was working, as much as I love BVS, I enjoy Suicide Squad, I really enjoy Justice League, I love, absolutely adore Wonder Woman. But guess what? She worked best that kind of alone. There was like little nods, like there's a Bruce Wayne letter. But look at if you look at that just as the blueprint going forward, that works best i mean what do you guys think we'll start with mark go go for it well that's the i i always and i have for a long time i've tried to tell fans that i think uh that going back what you said about the the origins of these characters is a key defining element to the difference between the dc universe and the marvel universe uh dc characters were created many decades ago in their own worlds they didn't superman and batman were never created to exist together they were created completely independently in their own imaginary worlds and nobody at the time had any there was nobody even thought about the notion of them teaming up or appearing in the same comic together it was years before that happened uh, they didn't. They literally did not exist in the same universe. They were created in different worlds. Wonder Woman as well. The Marvel universe was created together and shared from the outset. So that does make a big difference because the characters were envisioned and imagined in this certain way. And they, because of that, their worlds weren't thematically contradictory. And that's a you know when you look at the DC universe, okay, in in the world Wonder Woman's from, the Greek gods exist. Okay, it's hard to get past that, and then also have meanwhile in Gotham City, Batman beats up a mugger. <laughs> okay. okay, I'm there with you. You know, I can, and I'm I love these stories, but I understand that narratively the characters. There's a reason that the DC characters. And the mythology they have is one of characters who have their own worlds that they come together, work together, then they go back to those own worlds and have their own adventures. And that they can, you can have a shared world where it doesn't, not every story has to be shared world. And I do think 
that it, this goes back to the point that uh, while I love Batman versus Superman, I wrote a lot of articles at Forbes for, you know, a few years before we knew what the details were about, like, here's what I think, here's how I would do and what I think they should do with the DC universe. And I hammered constantly on the notion that you can't jump ahead. You need to establish these characters in their own worlds with their own set of rules, what works and what governs them before you throw them into the mix together uh, because you have to earn it. You have to create the foundation. If you start building and you say, well, I'm going to, while we're going to, this guy's going to lay the foundation and I've got the roofers coming over as well. And they're going to start on the roof while we're building the foundation. There's ways that could go wrong, obviously, you know, Uh, I think that it's worth, uh, it's worth considering. I'm not advocating that they stop making them. Again, I'm not ready yet to say that I know or am convinced 100% that there's a specific way forward. But I think there is a very strong argument for the case. The the case you're making is is a strong option to say, before we rush ahead, we're going to instead think about, okay, take these care. We're going to keep this DCEU alive. And we're going to do it by having a Wonder Woman sequel where she doesn't have to interact with the DCU because it's a period piece. We're going to have some Batman movies that are going to be, you know what, you can make Batman present day or in the past, however you want it. Batman can go to Gotham and some freaky shit's happening. And there's like, okay, there's a clown and a guy with two halves of face. And there's forgot there's a, you know, the Mad Hatter's there and he's having a tea party. And we don't know what the hell's going on with that guy. You can do that. Without mentioning that, like, I fought Superman, and then this happened, and then there's also the Flash, and you don't have to have all that. Batman can go do his stuff and not think about any of the rest of it. You can make these movies stand alone. Uh, Aquaman is exactly what I wanted for (laughs) since 2011. That's Jason Momoa as Aquaman, exactly the way James Wan is doing it. That's what I always wanted as Aquaman. I, I thought that before... Jason Momoa actually was Aquaman. So I hate the idea of not getting more of that. So if there's a way to make it work, I would not complain. I just think from a business standpoint, you have to ask yourself, at what point do we say we've established something and it's worth building and continuing versus we are just throwing good money after bad? We're just putting more quarters in this slot machine now. And it's not hitting for us. You know, that's and that's a hard question. That's a tough question to make yourself answer. I think if they get some new leadership, you know, those decisions would be a lot, you know, let it the I, I feel like you you definitely have a great valid point there about you know the slot machine, but you know, if the person who keeps putting the the money in the slot machine isn't, you know getting the money out, maybe, maybe it's time for get someone else to sit at that, at that table or that, you know, to say, we're going to, I'm going to play it. I'm going to play my cards this way. I'm going to do it a little bit like this. That's where Jeff Johns comes in. The issue of Jeff Johns comes into play because I have, you know, that's what I'm leaning toward is a, is a notion of making the DC films a a separate, establishing it as a separate production company, as a separate studio, and then putting Jeff Johns, at the head of that and telling him he is essentially not modeling it after Marvel studios, 
but at the same time, okay, yes, model it after the thing that worked, basically. Yes. Right. Uh, this this no whole no that, but it's like that's not that's not a Marvel versus DC thing. That's a this is a smart way to run a business. This is a person who Jeff Johns. Whoa, guess what? He worked with filmmakers. He has a background, you know, and worked with with Richard Donner for God's sake. I mean, he worked. Uh, he's worked on films. He has a film background. He has a producer background. He's written comic books. He knows these characters. He gets it. He has an idea for how this can all work. Okay, <laughs> put him in charge of it then and tell him, here's what we'd like to do. And then be patient. Don't tell him, we want you to do this, but we also are going to have to approve everything. And we also want you to do it by tomorrow. No, sit back and really think about how long this could take and how much planning it takes and how to lay the foundation. Because if you have... You know, wanting that billion dollar return all the time and that, you know, we want the Avengers, what the Avengers have now. Well, look where that got you already. You had plans. Like you said, you know, you had plans. Look where that got you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Clearly that hasn't turned out that way so far. Don't do the same thing again and expect a different result. Insanity. Has to change. <laughs> you know, Jeff Johns being given true power to make the decisions and to run a studio and to have to come up with a long term plan is is probably going to be a central axis around which any other decisions and planning for the DC movies, whether it's scrap the DCEU or start over or whatever it is or keep it going. Jeff Johns needs to be the axis around which that's revolving. That's my that is one of the things that I do know for sure, I think, at this point, even though there's other stuff I'm not sure about the the exactly what to do here or there. That, I think, is a definite they need to do that. And it's with with having Jeff there and having him, you know, a lot of I see a lot of people on Twitter like he's not marketing Justice League. He on this day back when Wonder Woman was released on the same day when Justice – like he's not marketing. It's like, well, he doesn't have to. He's not a marketing guy. If he wants to retweet some stuff, he can't. Like it's, his job is to make good comic books and good movies. It's not his job to be – you know, you know, he's not the Olympic – guy who runs with the Olympic torch and hands it off to some – he, he – he, he needs to be empowered. He, like I said earlier, he needs to be the guy who. What did the World Engine do? Try to do in Man of Steel? I try to make a new world on Earth. That's what. And they could. They could even. You know. They could even say. You know. BVS. That was Earth too. But Wonder Woman. Like she was. You know. Part of. You know. She magically went to Earth too. But Wonder Woman. The first Wonder Woman. That was part of Earth one. You know. They could do so many different things. But not having Jeff continue on and having him be that dude, not having him, you know, presiding over. And I'll, I'll, I'll share this. One of my favorite shows of all time is The Shield. It was an FX show starring Michael Chiklis. Yeah. And I remember seeing them. They, they talk about the writing process. And they spent months. There's a big board, big whiteboard, where they, they had arcs of characterization stories 
Here's where the season needs to go. Here's where it's ultimately going to be. And then this is what's going to set up season this next season, which is going to set up, you know, the final season. You know, that's how they need to go forward. Stop throwing money at things that isn't going to work. They need to just take a deep breath. All right. We were damned if we do, damned if we don't with Justice League. You know, going forward, it's going to be the Wonder Woman approach, which is, you know, they could they could have a scene and Matt Reeves' Batman movie, kind of like how they did with Wonder Woman, where Bruce Wayne's reading, you know, a piece from Lois Lane from the Daily Planet. And that I would be satisfied with that. That's all they need to happen do going forward. Yeah. So now that that's chat's over with, I, I'm very curious what your thoughts of about Matt Reeves, the Batman, going forward. Um, recently, it was leaked that uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is on a short list, I guess you could say, of possible candidates to replace Ben Affleck. I don't, I don't think it's a big secret now that Ben isn't going to be a part of this ongoing universe any longer. Is is he the guy for you right now, or are you? Do you have someone else in mind? Can, can... well, I think uh, Dylan Hall is great. Yeah, he. I mean, he was a finalist for Nolan's Batman. Obviously, it was. It came down to him or Bale, and uh, so he's been here before. And I'd love to see him get it. Uh, I think he'd be a terrific Batman. He's a he's an amazing actor. And uh, my respect level for him was already very high. But then after seeing, uh, I don't know if you've seen the movie Enemy and the movie Nightcrawler, of course, and uh, the movie uh, Nocturnal Beasts, uh, um, Nocturnal Animals is no Nocturnal Animals and Where to Find Them. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the, those movies, uh, Southpaw was... Uh, uh, the movie itself, I was kind of iffy on, you know, but his performance was spectacular. Those are my respect for him was already super high, and now after that, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> that was just out insane how good he was um, in South Park, South Park, South Park, <laughs> <laughs> in the he small mountain town, <laughs> small small mountain town in Colorado, in South Park. There, he has that shaved head. If you take a picture of the Greg Capullo zero year and a picture of Jake Gyllenhaal on that, it's the fucking same person. Well, dude, that's actually uh, Gyllenhaal is the he. I think is I think he's the top candidate, or he was at least at one point. And they've you know, there's been some outreach, and the, you know, I mean, I'll say. We talked about this previously, and I just couldn't say stuff about it. But yeah, Gyllenhaal's name's been out there and around, and a lot of people have heard it, and a lot of people heard that some kind of conversation had taken place between Reeves and and uh, Matt Reeves and and Jill and Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, so I'd be very happy for him to get it. But you having mentioned the zero year thing, there's some other names I'd throw out there. And one of them, I'll say, I'll mention this name first, even though I was going to mention it last. But he comes to mind precisely because of Zero Year, having seen him in, uh, also in Nocturnal Animals, and he was fantastic and blew a lot of people's minds with just how good he was. And people learned that he is an actor who deserves respect. 
and then having seen him in Godzilla, where I watched him in Godzilla with the military haircut and said, that's he could play Batman from zero year, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. And I know, yes, he's been, he was in Marvel movies and he was Quicksilver, I know. Yes, I know he also was in Kick-Ass, uh, so he has some superhero movies under his belt. Maybe he wouldn't want to do another one. But hypothetically, if they wanted a younger actor, somebody a little young, you know, at a younger age, but still old enough to be play Batman uh, pretty convincingly, I think he would be a good option. Um, I think Luke Evans, uh, Richard Armitage, Armitage, I cannot pronounce. I'm God. Just say Thor and Oakenshield, and we all know. (laughs) And Joel Edgerton. Uh, that's uh, those are hypothetically. I think those are all names that, that uh, deserve some respect. If that you know that that deserve would be valid for consideration for different approaches, different styles, different age ranges, depending on whether this is whether they decide. You know what? We're just going to move forward with the DCEU. This is the same Batman. Or if at this point Matt Reeves is saying. So I'm making that solo rebooted Batman now, correct? <laughs> Which maybe that's the direction they go in with it. Maybe they say, you know what, we're going to set it younger. Wonder Woman's set in the 80s. Why can't Batman be set in the 90s or the early 2000s in the after, you know? They there are ways that they could do this to maintain you know, to let fans who want to imagine it's in the same universe do so, and then to also give audiences the option of this is a new thing, to do them standalone and say, we're not going to cross over now. Wonder Woman's movies are going to be Wonder Woman's, Aquaman's will be Aquaman's, Batman's will be Batman's, and uh, we'll do those, and we'll see what we decide to do with everybody else. But no more right now. We won't worry about crossovers for a while. They could do that, and I think that could happen with Batman, but I'll tell you honestly— my expectation is that Batman's going to be rebooted. My expectation is that we're going to get a Batman. We're going to get more than one Batman movie. And I suspect even though they might wait to form, to make it official because there's still plenty of development time before they get into it. There's plenty of time before they have to say, okay, this is a new Batman. It's rebooted. They could make a lot of that movie and just say, "Do your make your movie whatever you want, Matt Reeves. You don't. There's nothing from the DCEU in it. Afterwards, we'll decide whether it's set in the same universe. If his costume's different, so nobody's going to freak out. About, Captain America wore different costumes in movies too. You could make a solo standalone Batman movie and also not technically say it's standalone, and people, you know, it, there's ways to do it. So my guess is. We will know beforehand, but I think that they can wait before they make it official if they want to. But my my expectation is that ultimately it will probably end up being a new Batman. That's my guess. With Jake, though, he, for some reason, his, his role as Nightcrawler, I compare that to Christian Bale's role as Patrick Bateman. Yep. Like those, like after seeing that, and after getting off the John Ham bus, unfortunately, I had to. It's just never gonna. I mean, it still could happen. You know, we, Matt Reeves might say, "Fuck it, John Ham." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, but I think Jake, 
he's the right age. He can play a, he could play a 28 year old Batman. He could play a 42 year old Batman. Mm-hmm. I think people, I think people's biggest, uh, uh, he thing that the Riddler. he could, he could, he could play the Joker. He could play. He was a top pick for me for the, after Nightcrawler, I was like, Oh my God, dude should be the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he's a little short. I think he's five ten. But I don't care. Like that's just like that's just you can. You so can was shoot. Christian Bale. Bale was actually five ten. So, um, but I think at, at this point you have to if you're gonna do. I think Matt Reeves and Chris McKay just need to. I I hope that they're just having discussions. All right. Well, who I I honestly I hope they're having like casting calls together. All right. Well, here here's who. Here's your Bruce Wayne. Here's your Dick Grayson. Here's your Dean. Whatever their their his their plans are, I don't know their plans. Um, but I think that they should do that just so they have like, okay, this guy's gonna be our Batman. Here's gonna be our Nightwing, and at some point they'll cross pollinate in that Bat universe. I think it's worth. I think. Man, it's hard because there are these other spin, you know, there's these other movies that are out there like Nightwing and and Batgirl, and I think that they'll, I think for example, you know, I'm not convinced that Batgirl will wind up proceeding according to all of the plans. I don't know if for sure, but as of right now, I can tell you, as of right now, the official situation at Warner Brothers is that uh, Joss Whedon is still, he is currently actually is scripting, he's finishing the script for Batgirl right now. Uh, He's working on that script and that he is still attached as producer and as director. Whether that turns out to be the case down the road, my guess, my personal expectation is that at some point uh, the one, the Batgirl project, it's been percolating for a while. They wanted a Batgirl and a Nightwing. Uh, as last year, there was, you know, there was talk about that going around that they, that was something, those were characters on the list of like to do basically. So I think we're going to get those eventually. I think Chris McKay is going to do his Nightwing movie. I think, uh, a Batgirl movie will be made, but I think it'll probably, I think Batgirl will wind up with a female director right now. That's my guess. That's just a guess. Uh, and once a female director, whoever the director is that comes on board, obviously they need to work with the, the writer and have say so over changes to the script and everything. So we'll see how that progresses. But, I think it, I think at this point it it would be the safe move to have a female director direct Batgirl. You can use the Josh Whedon script, you know as you were saying, but I, I think that that film needs to, needs the female hands perspective, all that, like Patty Jenkins, you know, did with uh, Wonder Woman. I think that's the best way forward. There's plenty of great film, female directors. Um, and I really think that that needs to be, there, there needs to be more diversity at, you know, at the director's chair with females going forward. So, it makes a difference in how, you know, even little things that uh, when we talk about people laugh and fans bash and, and male fans will complain about when we use the phrase the male gaze of the camera. But it's a thing. 
It's a real thing. Watch the Wonder Woman movie and tell me how many butt shots there are of Wonder Woman or how many times she comes walking into frame where the camera is where her butt is. How many times do you get a, a shot where the camera lingers looking up her skirt? That doesn't mean that a director who was male intentionally did that. The point is a female director is conscious of that. So if she's shooting something, she will notice if it's like, oh, I don't want to shoot this way because it's going to be like close to your butt's going to be right there. Or I don't want to do this way because when you bend over, a female male directors won't necessarily think about those things. Uh, so whether it's intentional or not, and often it will be intentional, but other times they'll avoid it. So if that's happening, then having a female director in charge of a female production and a movie that's about a female character, if you have a female character, then Right now, there are so many good female directors out there who aren't getting projects and who deserve them. And it it makes a difference in a lot of elements in a film that people otherwise might not notice. I also want female directors to work on male, the male characters. Patty Jenkins directing the Superman, the next Superman movie, whatever iteration of Superman it is. I'd love to see Patty Jenkins do that. I think that would be amazing. So I'm all 100% for that happening. Uh, but I, I do think it would be the smart decision at this point would be to have a female director in the chair when Batgirl begins filming. Cal, do you have any more questions uh, to follow up with Mark with? Uh, no, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty satisfied with uh, all the discussions we've been having tonight. Um. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me on yeah. again, by the way. It's, and yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, it's, it's interesting stuff. I mean, it really, there's a lot, it's all in flux and I, it's, it's good to be able to talk about what could happen in positive ways for this to work out and to go forward, not just the box office, you know, the, the situation is what it is. I assume you've seen the, the weekday numbers this week. They're not real great, <laughs> but no. it's this was going to happen. And I think fans need rip the Band-Aid off, take a deep breath and say, you know what? This is how it is. This is what has happened. What would you do if you had a hundred million dollars and somebody came to you and said, OK, we want give us all that hundred million. What are we going to do with it? Well, what do you think is the smart, you know, there's certain things are very obvious. You make the Wonder Woman sequel. You let Matt Reeves make whatever freaking Batman movie he wants to make, no matter what it is. Uh, you release Aquaman. You make Shazam. That's another thing I'm pretty certain of. While a lot of other stuff, I'm not sure what I would do. I would absolutely make Shazam a standalone property at this point. I would not tie it to the DC universe, even if you're going to make the DC EU movies going forward. I would not tie it to the DC universe. But if they're going to, I would absolutely put Wonder Woman in that movie, at least in a small role. If you're going to put it in the DC universe at all, do it right. Make it a fun family light you know a lighter touch a lighter tone family friendly tone that my god the jeff johns new 52 storyline for shazam is perfect take heavy inspiration from that and then have wonder woman i'd love to see just a little bit with wonder woman 
remember the comic, the story where Superman encounters Shazam and Shazam is crying because his friend, the, his, and he says that that little other little boy is his best friend. And Superman's like, uh, dude, you're creeping me out. Your best friend's a little boy. <laughs> and then he shows him who he really is. And he's just a little kid. And then he takes Superman to that apartment that he lives in by himself as a little boy. And it just rips your heart out. And Superman's reaction. I would love to see that reimagined in the Shazam movie with Wonder Woman. I would love to see that happen too. That maternal instinct of her, you know, that'd be amazing. Um, Yeah, it's interesting. Like we talked a week or two ago and I was like, I I never, I, I said it to you. I never thought we'd be in this situation where Justice League didn't make $100 million. Like or just League might probably won't make seven hundred million dollars. Right, I mean, that's the reality. It's unbelievable. It might, it, it could get to seven hundred million. I think it's probably going to finish at six eighty, six ninety million range at this point. I mean, that's amazing that this has happened in a bad way, and in, in every bad way, it's amazing. Okay. <laughs> Definitely some first world problems for Warner Brothers at this point. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, when we're saying, and that's the amazing thing to keep in mind. Well, there's all this talk, and you see a lot of people talking about the executives and what's going to happen to them. And I think there's a lot of, there's some shakeup going to come. But at the same time, Warner Brothers has a, already, they've had a $2 billion year, even with Justice League making, like, arguably making. <laughs> only two-thirds of what it should have made or less at the box office on the low end. Uh, Considering how badly the film is performing at the box office and the implications for the properties, when you mix it together, Wonder Woman and Justice League combined, where if it finishes at $700 they will have had a $1.5 billion year for the DC Universe throw in uh, Lego Batman and theatrical DC movies combined have had the best year to date they've ever had on record. How weird is that, right? <laughs> it's all Wonder Woman. I mean, Wonder Woman did the heavy lifting like that freaking tank, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> She's lifting in the tank again, but boy, she really, I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. I, I, I posted on Twitter the other day and I said, this person needs to leave. And so I was like, well, you know, I don't want him. To, I don't want, I don't like anyone losing their jobs. So I was like, he's going to have the nicest house on the unemployment line of anyone in the world. <laughs> I think he'll be fine. I think that person will be fine. So uh, it's time for a change. It's, it's clearly, it, it's not working. I saw people like, well, they, they released it the wrong day. I was like, well, there's an argument to be made. Like it kind of, like nobody saw wonder gonna be a huge hit uh you're weeks weeks out from star wars but it's justice league it's batman it's superman it's wonder woman there's no excuse for it and that's the film we don't deserve but it's the film we got but not the one we deserved yeah like a a weird jim gordon kind of a thing so but okay I, i i have one last question you probably won't be able to say anything do you think that we will see more J.K. Simmons going forward. You know, I don't know. That's, I mean, I, I would, to have got, to have him as Commissioner Gordon and as good as he was in the role and the potential that's there, I would hate to lose that. Uh, so, 
but at the same time, realistically, I think that the odds heavily favor us seeing a Matt Reeves Batman that is a entirely new iteration of the character. And I don't know if he's going to want to cast his own Commissioner Gordon or if he's keeping, uh, you know, uh, if he's going to retain the casting. Um, I think there's a pretty good argument for, you know what, it's audiences are going to be fine with it if you keep the same guy. It's not going to mess anything up. Just do it. I think that's, I mean, look at James Bond did it. Mm -hmm. They kept M and they were just like, you know what? Fuck it. She did a great job. We're not going to. So, okay. I think there's a, there's a very good argument that that would work with Commissioner Gordon. Uh, I could see it. On the other hand, at the end of the day, my opinion is I think fans should respect the notion that a filmmaker should have you should filmmakers should reserve the right to cast their characters and i think uh unless you're coming into an existing continuing franchise and like obviously it would be insane for someone to step into uh make a captain america sequel and be like i don't want chris evans i want to cast my own captain america (laughs) that's not how it works in that case but if you're a, if you're going to launch a new series and you're if 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 Reeves is making a new Batman series and it's going to be at least partially standalone or it's going to be its own thing whatever it is if he said he wanted to recast then I would respect that but my hope is even if it's a reboot or a soft reboot my hope is that he keeps the casting the same cuz that's I mean that was a great commissioner Gordon he was amazing but if we if we lose him, I still reserve the right to say that he's Commissioner Gordon in Patriots Day, the 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 Berg film. He is fucking amazing. He's driving in the van, flicks his cigarette out, and whips around Commissioner Gordon. Yep. Yep. That's by the way. And next person to make a Batman series of movies <laughs> when Matt Reeves, it, Matt, I want Matt Reeves Batman movies. Uh, it, we're always thinking about who else can make DC movies, and after watching Patriots Day, I mean, it's like I just I don't know what other series Batman is my stand-in right now for Peter Berg because uh, for him to at some point do something Batman-related because he's got to do something because he's phenomenal, and I would love to see him bring that and what he's done to. Uh, something in the D whether it's DC or Marvel, I think his, his filmmaking sensibilities fit better with DC is my guess right now, but I'm not positive about that. Maybe he could do something, uh, you know, down the road. I don't know. So we'll see. But yeah, he's a fantastic filmmaker. I watched, I watched Patriots day at least twice a month. That's how much I, it's, it's creeping up into my top 10 of all-time favorite movies. And that says a lot yeah. for a non-superhero, non-James Bond, non-Chris Nolan film. Yeah, like, it's, it's a spectacular it, movie. It it's is. so fucking good. So good. And yeah. I was I was I was petitioning him to do the Shazam movie with Marky Mark. So, but with Mark Wahlberg, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do not want to see, he does not like being called that. I'll just tell you. <laughs> Yeah, feel it, uh, feel it. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So that's going to be it for this episode, Mark. Before we leave, where can we all? We, where can we read your stuff? Find you on Twitter. 
you can find me on uh, Twitter at Mark Hughes Films, and you can find me, of course, over at Forbes all the time where I do this. And you can find me at Superhero News Channel on uh, YouTube. It's Superhero, all one word, Superhero, and then News Channel. And that's going to be it for episode, we don't know what number we're on, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be it for that. Before we close out the show, I do want to give a quick shout out to our two newest patrons. They being Cedric and Allie. Thank you so much for your support of the show and uh, hope you like the rewards that you're getting over there. If anyone else would like to become a patron as well, you can go over to podcastempirenetwork.com. That will lead you straight to our Patreon page where you can pledge your support. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Shanlin on Bat or on Facebook at Shanlin on Batman. But uh, yeah, I think that's going to wrap up the show here. Uh, big thanks to Mark Hughes for coming on the show. It's a pleasure as always. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Uh, so for us here at Shannon on Batman, that's a wrap. Bye-bye.